Hello and welcome to the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 36. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. Dak Prescott finally gets his deal. Four years, $160 million. He finally gets it done. He's going to be a cowboy for the next four years. I'll give my thoughts on that deal. Aaron Jones and Kenny Galladay don't get deals. They are now free agents. They didn't get tagged. I'll give my thoughts on where they're going to end up this offseason, this free agency. And in the All-Star break, Steph Curry goes off in the three-point contest, defeating Mike Conley and wins his second three-point contest. Shooting display was amazing. Steph Curry, my God, you're amazing. All of that on this episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. Dak Prescott had been playing hardball with Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. For the last two years, he got tagged. He bet on himself. Unfortunately for him, he got injured, broke his ankle against the Giants last season. And many thought that that would put uh, the Cowboys in position to lowball him, to give him a bad offer, to give him maybe uh, not the contract that Dak Prescott was anticipating, that him and his team was anticipating, but they finally get it done. Four years, $160 million, $126 million in guarantees, no trade clause, no tag provision. He is going to be there the whole four years. They can't trade him unless he wants to get traded, and they can't tag him anymore. So this dance that they did this time around is not going to happen again. Dak Prescott, four years, $160 million. In my opinion, this is a better deal for Dak Prescott than the deal that Patrick Mahomes got for the for the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes' deal averaged $45 million a year, but it's for the next 10 years. and he had two years left on his contract, so he's still tied up for 11 years. When Dak Prescott ends his contract in four years, Mahomes is still going to have seven years on his contract. I don't know. Dak Prescott, I think he played it good. He took a risk. The risk was probably super stressful. I know when he got hurt, um, I was worried for him. I felt bad for him. I thought he cost himself some money. I thought that the ankle. I didn't know how bad it was going to be, if he's going to be able to come back. It, it was very gruesome, very um, hard to watch. But now I'm happy for Dak Prescott. He had a tough year. Um, his brother died. The injuries, not getting the contract that he wanted. All of this stuff, seeing the Cowboys just completely fall apart without him. I must. I know it must have been a hard, hard year for Dak Prescott. But he gets paid. He gets his contract. I'm very happy for him. Um, finally gets it done. He is one of the better quarterbacks. I'm happy for him, but I do think it's a little bit of an overspend by the Cowboys. But that's it's not really their fault. That's how quarterback that's how the quarterback market works nowadays. Um, if you're the next guy up, if you have leverage on your team, you're gonna get paid. We've seen it. We've seen it with Wentz, Goff. We're probably gonna see it with Jackson and um, Mayfield, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Josh Allen. We're probably gonna see it with all these quarterbacks. They're going to keep raising the bar, keep getting massive contracts. Whoever's up, I think the first time I really noticed the quarterback, just whoever came in with good numbers or had a good postseason run was going to get paid. And the first time I really realized that um, if you get hot at the right time as a quarterback, you're going to get paid. You're going to reset the market. No matter how good your resume is, was when Joe Flacco got paid like $120 million after he went on that run with the Ravens and he got them the Super Bowl. 
did he deserve 120 million dollars just for his own talent just for the body of work that he has done um probably not he probably there's a lot of better quarterbacks than Joe Flacco at the time but since he went on the run since he let his contract expire he bet on on himself didn't take a lesser deal it paid out for him the ravens had no choice but to give him that contract he had just won a super bowl um so yeah Dak Prescott played it well. It worked out for him. He's a quarterback. He he's able to do stuff like this. If he would have been a running back, he would have been some other position. I don't think he could have been able to get away with this, especially with the injury. Um, I think of Bud Dupree, a linebacker for the um Steelers. He he turned down a contract. He tore his ACL. Now he's probably gonna struggle to get a big contract for more than one year. But because he's a quarterback, because he played good to start the year, and because the Cowboys fell apart. Dak Prescott gets this massive, massive deal. Is he a top five quarterback? Um, maybe fringe. I don't think he is. I, I would have uh, Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson. And then at that point, you can start having the discussion if you want to include Dak Prescott in your top five. But there's other quarterbacks out there like Matt Ryan. Um, Herbert's going to be there. Um, Tannehill, you, you gotta you gotta think of him too. Breeze, he's probably washed, but at, at around that point is when you can start talking about Dak Prescott. But like I said, he played it right. He bet on himself. He played under the tag for two years, and now he gets compensated the way he wanted to get compensated. Four years, one hundred sixty million dollars, one hundred twenty six in guarantees. His average is actually higher than Mahomes if you consider the two years that were left in Mahomes. Uh, original contract I think Mahomes um, 12 year contract averages to 39.8 and Dak Prescott is 40 his averages is 40 so technically this is the most lucrative contract in the NFL history by year four years 160 million dollars 40 per year congratulations to Dak Prescott congratulations to the Cowboys because they looked terrible without Dak Prescott last year um, Andy Dalton is not a bad quarterback he's not a great quarterback He's a pretty good quarterback. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's probably one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And the team was, the, the team stunk without uh, Dak Prescott. They they weren't doing that good with him, to be fair, but they just completely fell off a cliff without him. Uh, I, I'm, I wish Dak Prescott the, um, all the success in the world. He seems like a good guy. He, uh, he spoke about mental health, and I know how tough that could be. Um, he looks like he's a good leader. He checks all the boxes. He's mobile. He's not stagnant in the pocket. He has a pretty good arm. He's working on the deep accuracy, especially outside of the outside of the hashes. He, he he's shown improvement, um, especially last year. Before last year, um, before he got hurt, before last year, a lot of people said his best year was his rookie year when he came out of nowhere as a fourth round pick. But last year, he showed that he could put up numbers. He has the arm. He, he could be the guy, even though they weren't getting the win wins. You couldn't really put the blame on Dak Prescott. But now Dak Prescott has to perform. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. He's in America's team. The division is really weak. The Giants don't have a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, they don't really have a direction. I can't really see that team being that big of a threat for the Cowboys. Washington football team doesn't have a quarterback. How is Taylor Heineke going to do? And who's the other team? The Eagles, Jalen Hurts. We'll see if they give him the reins to that. They look like they're a mess, too, after winning the Super Bowl not too long ago. So it looks like the Cowboys should be able to dominate this division or at least win a couple of division titles in these next four years of Dak Prescott's career. 
So I'm hoping that he's able to take that next step. He solidifies himself as a top five quarterback. And we'll see if he's able to take the Cowboys back to the promised land. The Cowboys had a rich history in the 90s or whenever they won those championships. And now they've been struggling. They haven't even made a conference um, game in forever, a conference championship game. And I believe over 20 years since like the 90s. So hopefully Dak Prescott is able to bring him there. I do wish him the best, but I know people like to hate on Cowboy players. People like to hate on Cowboy quarterbacks a lot. The media does. There's going to be a lot of pressure under him. So I hope he's able to thrive in it. I wish him the best. But this is a huge contract, and I hope he lives up to it. But the Cowboys like to pay their players. They, they, they're they known for that. They take care of another one. Um, so this would probably be good for the Cowboys going forward to attract free agents, to keep their own players. It sounds like, it feels like, if you're a Cowboy and you perform, you will eventually get paid. Even if you play hardball with them, like Dak Prescott, it does feel like eventually you're going to get paid. So happy for Dak Prescott. Wish him the best of luck. A couple of players that didn't get tagged, Kenny Galladay, or didn't get an extension, Kenny Galladay and Aaron Jones. Kenny Galladay is now the best available wide receiver in free agency. Um, Allen Robinson got tagged by the Bears. He might still get traded, but we'll see what happens over there. And Chris Godwin gets tagged by the Buccaneers. They had said all along that he wasn't going to go anywhere. They keep they keep their word. They tag him. It does look like he's going to stay with them. So now the best wide receiver available is Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay, I like Kenny Galladay. Uh, he was hurt last season, but he's a big, he's a big, big presence. He's a big body wide receiver. 6'4", 214 um, pounds. Physical wide receiver. He kind of reminds me of Malcolm Floyd, ex-charger wide receiver. 6'5", could go get the ball anywhere. Um, plays big, knows how to shield the, the cornerbacks using their body, um, is physical off the line. That's that's what Kenny Galladay reminds me. Um, one flag, one red flag for him. Uh, pro uh, next-gen stats um, keeps track of the separation that wide receivers get per yard. Um, they track every wide receiver for every route, and they see how much separation you get in every route. And they put a number to it. That's how many yards you get. Kenny Galladay was ranked the worst wide receiver in separation in 2019 and 2020 by Next Gen Stats, meaning he doesn't really create a lot of separation in his routes. So if you're a quarterback, you have to really trust him. You got to just throw it to him. Um, when he's not open, you just got to believe in Kenny Galladay that he's going to go up there and he's going to get it. Or you just got to put it high, put it stretched out. He has a big radius. Like I said, he's 6'4", 214 pounds. His radius is huge. If you watch his highlights, he makes some tough catches. Um, he goes up and he gets the ball. I really like Kenny Galladay. Uh, I understand these next-gen stats really give you some insight on on players and they give you um, different numbers that you can analyze in different ways. This is one of those stats where that would really bother me or concern me if Kenny Galladay was like a... 5'11 wide receiver, 188 pounds, ran a 4-2-2, and was known for being a shifty slot guy. But Kenny Galladay, he's 6'4". For the most part, you're going to have him outside. Um, if he's covered, you're going to throw it up, back shoulder. Um, just put it high for him. He's a threat in the in the goal line. He, he could get touchdowns. He led the NFL in touchdown, receiving touchdowns in 2019. So I do believe Kenny Galladay has potential to be 
if not a low-end number one on most teams, he could be a bona fide number two on a lot of teams. So I'm looking at the Dolphins. I'm looking at the Packers. I'm looking at the Ravens, the Colts, the Jets. There's a lot of teams that could really use Kenny Galladay. We all see what the Buccaneers did last year, just stacking the deck on wide receivers, giving Tom Brady as many weapons as he needed. I'm talking Mike Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, um, the, the rookie wide receiver. They had they went five deep at wide receivers. Um, these super teams that are forming in the NFL is going to be a trend. So these, these teams that are mentioned are like the hot ones that people are talking about that he could go to. But even if you're stacked at wide receiver, even if you have one or two, I would not be surprised if somebody makes a run for Kenny Galladay and just like, you know what? You got to have weapons nowadays in the NFL. You got to have weapons. You got to outscore people. You got to be able to have enough counters for the best defenses in the league. Realistically, I think Kenny Galladay is either going to be a Dolphin or a Colt. The Colts are one of those contending teams that need a wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton, he came on strong last season in the second half. He was hurt a lot these co- these last couple years in the beginning of last season, but he came on strong last season. He is a free agent. I don't know if the Colts are going to keep him. Maybe at a cheap cheap deal or he walks and he goes somewhere else, but he's at the latter stage of his career. The Colts need a number one wide receiver to put next to Pittman. And the Dolphins, Dolphins, they need a lot of weapons. Um, if they keep Tua, they need to help him out. They need to put some weapons around him. If not, if they don't keep Tua, if they trade for Watson, then Watson could probably make it work with whatever's there. But if you give Kenny, if you give Watson Kenny Galladay, he would make the most out of him, um, just like he did with Fuller, um, just he like he did with Cugs, just he just like how he did with Hopkins. Watson would make it work with anybody, but I think the Dolphins and the Colts are the most likely destination. People are talking the Packers too. That sounds great. If I was Kenny Galladay, I would love to go to the Packers. Being across Devontae Adams would be amazing. Getting balls thrown by Aaron Rodgers, which a lot of people say throws the prettiest ball, throws one throws one of the most catchable balls in the league. That would be amazing. I would love to go there. A real contender, um, a balanced team. But it's the Packers. They never really go out and make big free agent signings. That's why I don't rate the Packers higher. I would love him to go there. I think that would be exciting. Um, he would stay in the division. He would really stick it to the Lions for letting him go. He'll play them twice a year. He could do a lot of damage to them. But I think the most likely destinations, he goes to the AFC. He goes either to the Colts or the Dolphins. Or maybe, if like, I think he wants to go to contender. Personally, I would want to go to contender that could, like, realistically pay him. So the Dolphins might be the best choice. But if he wants to go to a rebuilding process, if he wants to go with a young quarterback, he might just go to the Jaguars. Um, They'll get Trevor Lawrence, help Trevor Lawrence mature, help rebuild the Jaguars quickly. We'll see where he ends up. Kenny Galladay, I think he is the best wide receiver available. He's a borderline number one on any team. He's a bona fide number two on a lot of teams. And we've seen that you need weapons in the NFL. The Buccaneers prove that. The Chiefs keep showing it. You need weapons. Um, I would not be mad if he goes to any of these teams, but I do want him to go to the Dolphins or the Colts. I would actually, I, I would prefer if he goes to the Colts. I think that would be a great signing. But if I had to put money on it, I would probably say he's going to the Dolphins. And another player that did not get tagged, did not get a long-term deal, Aaron, 
Aaron Jones does not get the tag by the Green Bay Packers. He is now an unrestricted free agent. He could go to any team he desires. Um, I think Aaron Jones has three likely destinations. Miami, San Francisco, or Seattle if he leaves Green Bay. Miami, San Francisco, Seattle would be my choices. Miami, like I've previously stated um, when I was talking about Kenny Galladay, they need weapons. They need a lot of weapons. They don't have a lot there. Miles Gaskin is a good, above-average running back. Um, they might just give him the reins, see what he could do um, next year, if he could be the every down back and, you know, be their number one. But I think Aaron Jones is a major upgrade over Miles Gaskin, and he would be great for them. They need weapons, like I said. Even if they get Watson, they need weapons. If they keep Tua, then they desperately need weapons. They got to help Tua as much as they can because from what I've seen from Tua, he's kind of limited, but he did hurt his hip last offseason, so we'll give him another chance. But back on Aaron Jones, Miami is a good choice. It looks like they're trending upwards. He should make the playoffs with them next year. He could help them. He could help catch up that offense to their defense. In San Francisco, if he goes to San Francisco, Shanahan runs one of the best offensive running schemes in the NFL. I think it would be paradise. It's a paradise for running backs. He does use a lot of running backs, so that might get annoying if you are if you want to be a number one and a true bell cow. But he hasn't had a running back like Aaron Jones since he's been in SF. Aaron Jones could do everything. He could run the ball down the middle. He could take it on the edge. He could catch. He's a well-rounded running back. He might not be an elite, elite running back, like a top three, top five running back. But he's definitely top 10. and He could do a little bit of everything really, really well. So SF looks like a very likely destination. Seattle, Carson is a free agent as well. He has a lot of injury history. I don't know if they're going to keep him. It looks like they might let him walk just because of that injury history that he has. So Seattle would be another good spot for Aaron Jones. If they keep Russell Wilson, um, he could be that every down back for Russell Wilson. Seattle likes to run. I know there's rumors that they're trying to be a more passing team. They're trying to get away from just straight running the ball, running the ball every single time. But regardless, Aaron Jones could be a weapon out of the backfield. He could help them transition into a passing team. He's a good catching running back. He could pick up blitzes in passing downs. So Aaron Jones to Seattle would also be a good destination for him. But I think ultimately he's going to stay in Green Bay. Uh, he, he got drafted by them. He developed with Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't like to spend that much money, but I think they're playing hardball with him. They're just trying to lower the number. I think eventually Green Bay is probably going to be the one that offers Aaron Jones the best contract. Like we've seen with running backs, there's this thing going around right now in the NFL that running backs, when they enter free agency, they don't get paid like they think they will. The The best chance they have of making like a good amount of money or getting a nice contract is with the team that drafted them because they're kind of tied to them because fans want to want their players to stay with the team. Um, they already build, you know, a good history, a, a good rapport with the team. So I think Green Bay ultimately gives them a pretty decent con contract and Aaron Jones ends up staying as a Green Bay Packer. But it looks like it's shaping. It's going to be a wild offseason, so I would not be surprised if Aaron Jones ends up walking, ends up going somewhere else. But I do like him, I do like him uh, with Green Bay. Green Bay does have other running backs. Um, they got the rookie, Dylan, that they drafted. 
And I think his name's Williams, the other running back. He might leave. He's a free agent too. But I do want Aaron Jones to, to stay with Green Bay. I'm actually, I'm a free agent fan, but I would not be mad if the Packers make the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I, I, I kind of want to see Aaron Rodgers get another ring just because he looks like a very entertaining and likable person now that he's been on the Pat McAfee show. I really like him. I enjoy hearing those conversations. I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers just to win another one. And Aaron Jones is definitely the best running back in the Green Bay backfield right now. So if they could lock him up for a couple years, help Aaron Rodgers in his last few years in the NFL, I would be very happy. So if I was to put money on it, I would say Aaron Rodgers gets his running back for the next few years and the Green Bay Packers lock up Aaron Jones for the next few years. And to conclude this episode, just want to talk about Steph Curry puts on the show this All-Star weekend or All-Star Sunday. The game, the game was pretty fun. It was entertaining. There was not a lot of defense. Team LeBron won handily, won all four quarters. The dunk contest was uh it was alright. A lot of no names. I don't want to say no names. That's kind of disrespectful, but uh it was entertaining for having um lesser cards, I guess. Not as big names on their ballot. But Steph Curry put on a show in the three-point contest. Man, he just showed the world. He showed the NBA community. He showed the sports community. What a great NBA player he is. What a phenomenal shooter he is. And that pretty much nobody is on the same playing field as Steph Curry. He is the one. He is the best shooter of all time. If you needed any more proof that Steph Curry is just unreal, he's not like anybody else. Sunday was the Sunday was a testament to just how great Steph Curry was. Shout out to all the contestants. They all put on great exhibition. They put on a great show. The three-point contest continues to be probably the best, most consistent, most entertaining part of the All-Star weekend. Not just this year, but for like the last five or six years, the three-point contest usually never disappoints. Usually a great show. The dunk contest is hit or miss. We get some great years where Aaron Gordon and Levine go at it, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever seen on TV. And then you get other years where you're like, okay, like, what is this? Who are these guys, and what are they doing? Like, let's just let's just get going with this weekend. The three-point contest, for the most part, is the most consistent, the most entertaining part of the All-Star weekend. And this time, it didn't disappoint again. Um, Steph Curry... Like I said, he's just sniper. He went on multiple runs. He put up 31 points, I believe, in the first round and like 28 in the second round. Just unbelievable display of shooting. He was hitting nothing but net. He was. He looked like he was having fun. It felt like he wasn't even trying at some point. It looked like he was just shooting for target practice. Crazy, crazy stuff. Steph Curry, man, you blow my mind. I can't wait till... Klay Thompson comes back from his injuries. I hope he comes back just as good as he was. I know it's going to be hard coming back from two gruesome injuries, ACL, that he's recovering from right now. But I would like to see Steph Curry and Klay Thompson go at it in the future years. Hopefully there's another three-point contest where both of them are part of it and we're able to see them duke it out in the All-Star weekend. I think that would be amazing. I want to see that happen. I'm glad Steph Curry does the three-point contest. Is if I was to do an analogy, it's it's 
I'm very thankful that Steph Curry does the three-point contest because we never got to see LeBron do the dunk contest. And I feel like he kind of robbed us of that. Like the, the same joy that I feel when I see Steph Curry go and give amazing shooting displays in the three-point contest and just I'm marveled by what he does and I'm lost for words and I'm just on Twitter tweeting and everyone's tweeting about it and everyone's going crazy and everyone's tweeting something with Steph Curry. You look up Steph Curry on Twitter and everyone is, you know, Twitter's blowing up with Steph Curry. He's trending number one worldwide. That would be the same thing that would happen, but probably to a bigger scale, if LeBron James ever did a dunk contest, that would be his element. He would put on a show. I'm, I'm sure of it. Like The ferociousness that he throws down dunks, the hops that he has, that he... The hops that he had before too, even even more than right now, I think it would be a sight to behold. So I'm still kind of salty that LeBron James never did it, but I appreciate Steph Curry for giving us giving us a show. Is um, I think this is his third time he's done it. He was he's won one, he's lost one, and now he's won another one. So thank you, Steph Curry, for you know giving us a great show for not backing down from three point contests for. You know, giving us a show and showing us your talents on the brightest stage of the NBA. Or the second brightest. The brightest one is the NBA Finals. Second brightest, probably the All-Stars. But it was a great show. I love I love, uh, I love, the weekend. I kind of like the, the All-Star weekend just being jammed into one Sunday. I know that's not going to happen again just because uh, it's all about the money and the NBA is going to stretch it out over the whole weekend. But... Because of the pandemic, we got to see everything in one weekend. And it was not bad from the skills challenge to the three-point contest to the game to the dunk contest. It all followed really, really well. So shout-out to the NBA for holding that. Shout-out to the NBA players for putting on a show and uh, giving us something to watch this Sunday. It was very entertaining. And one more time, shout-out to Steph Curry. He doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to do the three-point contest, but he does. And he puts on the show, and it's fun to watch, and it's fun to talk about it. And you just get marveled because we're watching the best shooter of all time put on the show. So I tip my hat. I don't have a hat on right now, but I tip my hat to Steph Curry. Thank you for putting on the show. It, it was great. I, even now, thinking about it, I'm just like, wow, that was great. That was great to see. You can tell even the other NBA players really enjoy watching him shoot. It's really fun. But that should conclude episode number 36 of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Episode 37 should be coming out soon. I have my boy Jason. He's going to come on. Um, he's from Sacramento. Met him in San Francisco playing at school. He's a great guy. He loves sports. Uh, he really knows his sports. So it's going to be a fun, entertaining conversation. So tune in for that on the next episode of the Hard to Handle Sports Podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Instagram, all the deal. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube. Wherever you watch this, subscribe. Thank you for the support. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Out.